back. Create It Club podcast. You're here with John Marsh. And if you're a coach or creative business owner on the show, we do episodes to help you to build a business world that you love, attract dream clients into your business world and learn to love your sales process. There's a lot going on behind the scenes at Creative Club. We've got a live event coming up late March. So we're starting to get ready for that behind the scenes. We're doing three live events this year. The first one is in Newcastle. And this is all about creativity and your 90 day plan. So learning how to unlock creativity from a business perspective. So from this kind of place of personal fulfillment, but also profit, right? Like creativity is one of those things where a lot of people talk about it. It sounds nice, but our job is to roll it over into your business vision so that you can bring revenue into your business. So there's a creativity side and then there's a nine day plan, which is very exciting. And we'll get a bunch of people in the room, go through that and then walk out with the 90 day plan for the next few months in your business and exactly what you're focusing on. So we're getting ready for that. We've got a new module that we're kicking off inside of Creator Club in March each month. There's a different module. So that's cool. And yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm still working on book two. So a few more weeks to get that first draft finish up. And that brings us to today's show. So we're going to talk about a little bit more of a mindset one this episode, which is not something that we go into too much. I kind of believe in this principle of like, you know, show don't tell and just basically embody or we try to bring a lot of the mindset stuff into how we're teaching things or the work that we do with the business uh, on the calls, like in the client calls, rather than sort of intellectually talking about the mindset stuff. Because I find for a lot of people and for myself, like you can end up wasting a lot of time and sort of just circling around the problem, but not really solving it. So we like to just go straight into the actual task and then you kind of get the mindset thing on the side of that. But this is a a really important topic and it's something that comes up every time you want to grow your business to the next level so the way that this typically will show up is you grow your business to a point and you've got some kind of plateau and it's not really evident until you look back over the last few months and you're like hey things aren't really changing things aren't really growing and you know i want to push past that i want to grow to the next level in Creative Club, we look at monthly recurring revenue. So in your business, that's how much you're bringing in on a recurring basis, right? So typically when we talk to someone, we're like, if we're like, how's the business going or what are the numbers like? They'll tell us the monthly number. So they'll give us a number, it might be 8,000, 12,000, 22,000, whatever it is. And that's the monthly recurring. So in the way that we do coaching, we're not focusing on getting like a one big sum of money through a sale or whatever. We're looking at continuity like that. So it might come when you're trying to raise that monthly recurring revenue. A lot of times this happens when people reach a comfort point and that comfort point for a lot of people is between eight to $12,000 a month. I think this taps into like the Maslow's hierarchy thing. Once you have that level you're covering your base costs in life for a lot of people and it's really easy to take the pressure off which is why i often call that like a really dangerous zone in your business because 
it can feel like you've got all the time in the world and it's harder to sort of create that surge to go to the next level. So that were, that's what we're going to talk about today. Having said all that, I've seen this play out with businesses that are much, much higher in revenue as well when they've gone to go to the next level. So if you want to go deeper on this topic, there's a whole article that I've written. Go to creativeclub.link and go to the free articles up the top. You'll see a bunch of them. And this one's in the mindset section. So the in the article, I talk about three different components of this, this process of sort of finding focus and, and stamina and power to take your business to the next level. Uh, I'm only going to focus on one of them here today on the podcast just because of time. And you can go to the website to look at the other ones. The thing that happens is when this plateau is realized, quite often you'll go, okay, well, I want to break through and you'll get all excited. Maybe you do a planning session, something like that, get the tasks mapped out. Then um, a couple of weeks later, find yourself distracted and then once you catch the distraction, everything gets, you know, even more frustrating because you see the fact that the plan isn't getting put into place. And this thing kind of continues and you can end up in this no man's land of like the thing ain't growing, but it's okay because there is revenue, but you're still frustrated because it's not what it could be. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is the first of three steps. This is called creating urgency. And I first learned about this by accident, actually, which was when I left corporate and went into small business. I was working in a sales position selling shoes and socks. It sounds like it's when I say position, it sounds like it's in a big company or something. It wasn't. It was the owner and then myself. But basically, I was selling shoes, selling, uh, you know, accessories, socks, that kind of stuff, and eventually opened up my own store. And I sunk a bunch of cash that I had into the fit out of the shoes, but I could only afford like 12 different models of shoes and about like a third of a size run for each pair of shoes. So ideally, you want to have a big range of shoes and then a big size run of each model so that when someone comes in, you can serve them properly. I had like a, you know, like a tiny range, like 12 shoes, maybe, maybe 14 and then like a few sizes in each one. And that's all I could afford on the front end to set the store up. And then the other problem was I didn't have customers because nobody knew that the store had come. It was in a new location, didn't have a lot of reputation. So I ended up in this situation where there was a huge amount of urgency real quick. If I couldn't get customers, I wasn't going to make enough money to pay rent. Rent was like five and a half thousand a month. And that doesn't sound like a lot now if you're a mature business. But back then, when you are just opening up, you don't have any cash flow. This isn't even about paying yourself any salary or anything. This is just about keeping the store going. So I was kind of freaking out. And what happened was this dude came in who was the Nike, the Nike accounts manager. His name was Mike. Mike from Nike. And... Mike came in and he kind of could sense what was going on. So he said, look, I'll, I'll give you a list of people and you can reach out to them. It was basically like a email list with around 220 or 250 emails. All of the local practitioners, podiatrists, you know, chiros, all of that kind of stuff in 
the northern Sydney area where I was. And so I went through this list and I emailed a bunch of these people. And I met up with maybe 20 or 30 of them. And it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to kick off this early relationship building and people who would send the odd customer to me. I would sell them the shoes. I happened to have the right ones. And it was enough for them. And my service was good. It was enough for them to tell other people. Slowly, the word spread. And that one email sort of outreach was one of the key things that really helped. So the question is, would would I still have done it? Would the business still have grown if I hadn't been in such a place of kind of almost desperation? And I think the answer is probably eventually, but what was what what that created for me was urgency. And this is the big thing that you need to learn how to manufacture if you want to go to the next level, because the next level isn't just driven by, I'd like to go to the next level, or it'd be nice to make some more money. Typically, it's driven by a, a strong sense of urgency. Now, there are the odd exception. I was speaking to a business owner just yesterday, and she started out, I think, only sort of mid last year. And uh, and she's growing very quickly. I think she's, you know, she's new, but she's at around 8,000 a month, something like that uh, in a service provider role and is, is rapidly increasing and is only on a part-time basis. And so the point is that sometimes there'll be people you'll meet with high demand for the service for various reasons, slightly different, but typically, uh, as Paul, Paul Graham from Y Combinator said, businesses grow because the founders make them grow and the founders make them grow because the founder has a sense of urgency to make them grow. And so this is, this is the main thing. And this is what I wanted to talk a little bit about today. And I want to share with you a little extract from a book by Robert Green. It's called 33 strategies of war. And that sounds fairly violent, but it's not a tactical book about war or things like that. It's more of a strategic and almost philosophical book around these great battles and wars throughout history and looking at certain lessons that we can take and apply to business that can help you from a mindset perspective. He didn't write the book with business in mind, but I just saying you can apply it to business because you can. Mm -hmm. So I recommend the book. A lot of people know Green's work from 48 Laws of Power and these other books, but not many people read the 33 Strategies of War, but it's one of the better ones. And in one of the chapters, he speaks about a concept called death ground. And that sounds very ominous, but basically death ground is when you're in war and you have your army. And one of the problems is when the soldiers or the people who are in the army get too comfortable, they start to get relaxed and lackadaisical. What happens then is they get slow. They lose that sense of urgency, which creates a weakness in the army and the enemy can come in. And so what he talks about is this concept of death ground, positioning your army with basically their back against the wall. And I think in one of the stories he talked about, this was like positioning the army where there was literally a mountain range behind them. So they couldn't go anywhere and doing this on purpose, because then everyone who was there realized that there was actually no escape and that what they really needed to do is rise to another level with their tactics with the way that they fought in order to win the war or win the battle so that they all survived. And so this is the concept of putting yourself 
in this metaphorical death ground. I'll read a little extract from what he what he wrote, and it also was one that I love because it's from a Don a Carlos Castaneda book that I talk a lot about. But you can apply this to yourself. So I'll read out this extract. So Carlos Carlos Castaneda wrote a bunch of books, and he had a, a questionable reputation to say the least, but the books he wrote were between 1969 and about 1999, which was around about the time that he passed away. And there were these stories where this guy went from uh, somewhere in California down to Mexico to study the ways of the warrior from Don Juan and basically learn about plant medicines and learn about sorcery and all of this stuff. Very cool stories. Very, very strong storytelling. And in the book, there's this section where it says, where Don Juan is talking to Carlos, and he says, you don't have time for this display, you fool, he said in a severe tone. This, whatever you're doing now, may be your last act on earth. It may very well be your last battle. There is no power which could guarantee that you're going to live one more minute. Acts have power, he said, especially when the person acting knows that those acts are his last battle. There is a strange consuming happiness in acting with the full knowledge that whatever one is doing may very well be one's last act on earth. I recommend that you reconsider your life and bring your act into that light. Focus your attention on the link between you and your death without remorse or sadness or worrying. Focus your attention on the fact you don't have time and let your acts flow accordingly. Let each of your acts be your last battle on earth. On only under those conditions will your acts have the their rightful power. Otherwise, they will be, for as long as you live, the acts of a timid man. Is it so terrible to be a timid man? Carlos asked. No, it isn't if you're going to be immortal. But if you are going to die there, is not enough time for timidity because simply because that timidity makes you cling to something that exists only in your thoughts. It soothes you while everything is at a lull and then that the awesome, mysterious world will open up its mouth for you as it will open for every one of us. And then you'll realize that your sure ways were not sure at all. Being timid prevents us from examining and exploiting a lot as men. And so this sounds very ominous and a lot of different cultures obviously talk about meditating on your death and thinking of these things. But reality is, although it's dramatic, it is effective. And the question is, okay, for you, what's the way that you can create urgency. You know, I've met other friends and colleagues who have grown big businesses. And one, I asked him, multi-million dollar uh, business down in, in Victoria. And I said, how did you do this? What, what drove you? What was your thinking? And he grew up with a family of 10 kids. He was one of 10. And they were fairly poor when he was young. And so for him... The urgency was like, I, I am going to do everything I can to not have this, right? I'm going to be the turning point, the person who creates wealth for my family and the families to come. So this was his urgency came from his own upbringing. When I was in the running store in that early example, the urgency was because I didn't have any money and I needed to act quickly. And, you know, this happens in a number of different ways. When I was a personal trainer and a gym owner, 
this guy was referred to me to come in and he was in his 60s. He was an accountant and he'd made a lot of money and he came in and the, I said, what's going on? And the, doc, the doc, he said, the doctor told me, you know, I had a heart condition, a heart attack, I think it was minor. But the doctor said that if I don't put my health in order, I don't start to look after myself, I'm not going to make it, you know, past 70. And I was like, wow, okay, so let's look at some, you know, some gentle movement, get into some movement, get into some good eating and good habits, that kind of thing. And he was on board, but then I found that he was not turning up. He would cancel appointments. He was late. He would only do a 40-minute session when I always did an hour. And it just wasn't working out. And then one day he said to me, he's like, you know, the doctor told me that I may not have long, and but I look at my life and I, I just don't think that it's worth it anyway, right? Which I thought was incredibly sad, but he, he was getting getting to the point where he looked at the life that he had created, how busy he was, even though he had money, he didn't have a lifestyle that he enjoyed. He didn't have a life that he enjoyed. So he literally was on death ground, but it wasn't enough to spur action. Uh, but that's the only real time I've seen that. I think most people do not resign, right? So if you you put money into something, you hire a mentor, you invest in a business, you open up a lease, whatever it is, figure out something for you that you can do or you connect with part of your own story. Why do you why do you need to grow? Why do you need to push? If there's no urgency, there's no positive pressure. If there's no positive pressure, the system doesn't move forward, right? The system doesn't change at all. And so then the balance becomes, you know, how do we get this urgency without having neediness, right? Without grasping, without, you know, scratching to try to get the result. And then that's a whole nother conversation. But if there is no urgency, if there is no investment, if there is no risk, if there is no, you know, repercussions of not acting, most of us will just sit there, right? Every once in a while, you'll meet someone who's just incredibly driven all the time. Most people are not like that. Most people can build a business, a successful business when they apply, but it's a case of like constantly learning to increase that urgency, bring the urgency back up. So that's all we're going to talk about for today is urgency. As Robert Greene puts it, get yourself on death ground. Go check out the article if you'd like to read more into it. There's two other points that can help you once you create urgency. But that's enough for this episode. And I think that's probably a great starting point and a really important thing. What do you need to do today? What do you need to meditate on? What do you need to think about? What do you need to invest in so that you force your own hand into a place of urgency so that you're going to sleep? You know what you need to do tomorrow. You wake up in the morning and you're ready to work, ready to produce content, ready to do your marketing, whatever it is, so that it's enough to drive you into action. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of the Creative Club Podcast.